0: Chapter 26, verses 45 through 58. Of Catina Aria, commentary in the four Gospels collected out of the works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 45 and 46. Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, Sleep now on, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. HILARY After his persevering prayer, after his departures and several returns, he takes away their fear, restores their confidence, and exhorts them to sleep on and take their rest. Chrysostom Indeed it behoved them then to watch, but he said this to show that the prospect of coming evils was more than they would bear, that he had no need of their aid, and that it must needs be that he should be delivered up. Hilary, or he bids them sleep on and take their rest, because he now confidently awaited his father's will concerning the disciples, concerning which he had said, Thy will be done, and in obedience to which he drunk the cup that was to pass from him to us, diverting upon himself the weakness of our body, the terrors of dismay, and even the pains of death itself. Origin or the sleep he now bids his disciples take is of a different sort from that which is related above to have befallen them. Then he found them sleeping, not taking repose, but because their eyes were heavy, but now they were not merely to sleep, but to take their rest. That this order may be rightly observed, namely, that we first watch with prayer, that we enter not into temptation, and afterwards sleep and take our rest, When having found a place for the Lord, a tabernacle for the God of Jacob, we may go up into our bed and give sleep to our eyes. It may be also that the soul, unable to sustain a continual energy by reason of its union with the flesh, may blamelessly admit some relaxations, which may be the moral interpretation of slumbers, and then again, after due time, be quickened to new energy. Hilary. And whereas when he returned and found them sleeping, he rebukes them the first time, the second time says nothing, the third time bids them take their rest. The interpretation of this is that at the first, after his resurrection, when he finds them dispersed and distrustful and timorous, he rebukes them the second time when their eyes were heavy to look upon the liberty of the gospel. He visited them, sending them the spirit, the paraclete, For, held back by attachment to the law, they slumbered in respect of faith. But the third time, when he shall come in his glory, he shall restore them to quietness and confidence. Origen. When he had roused them from sleep, seeing in the Spirit Judas drawing near to betray him, though the disciples could not yet see him, he says, Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Chrysostom. The words, the hours at hand, point out that all that has been done was by divine interference, and that into the hands of sinners show that this was the work of their wickedness, not that he was guilty of any crime. Origin, And even now Jesus is betrayed into the hands of sinners, when those who seem to believe in Jesus continue to sin while they have him in their hands. Also, whenever a righteous man who has Jesus in him, is put into the power of sinners. Jesus is delivered into the hands of sinners. Jerome, having concluded his third prayer, and having obtained that the apostle's terror should be corrected by subsequent penitence, he goes forth undaunted by the prospect of his own passion to meet his pursuers, and offers himself voluntarily to be sacrificed. Arise, let us be going as much as to say, Let them not find you trembling. Let us go forth willingly to death, that they may see us confident and rejoicing in suffering. Lo, he that shall betray me draweth near. Origen. He says not, Draw near to thee, for indeed the traitor was not near him, but had removed himself far off through his sins. Augustine. This speech, as Matthew has, it seems, self-contradictory, for how could he say, sleep on and take your rest, and immediately continue, arise, let us be going. This contradiction some have endeavored to reconcile by supposing the word sleep on and take your rest to be an ironical rebuke, and not a permission. It might be rightly so taken if need were, but as Mark records it, when he had said sleep on and take your rest, he added, it is enough. And then continued, The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. We clearly understand the Lord to have been silent some time after he had said, Sleep on, to allow of their doing so. And then after some interval, to have roused them with, Behold, the hour is at hand. And as Mark fills up the sense with, It is enough. That is, ye have had rest enough. Verses 47 through 50. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude of swords and staves, from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus, and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, friend, Wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Gloss. Having said above that the Lord offered himself of his own accord to his pursuers, the evangelist proceeds to relate how he was seized by them. Rigmigius. One of the twelve, by association of name, not of desert. This shows the monstrous wickedness of the man who from the dignity of the apostleship became the traitor to show that it was out of envy that they seized him. It is added, A great multitude sent by the chief priests and elders of the people. Origin: Some may say that a great multitude came because of the great multitude of those who already believed, who they feared might rescue him out of their hands. But I think there is another reason for this. And that is, that they who thought that he cast out demons through Beelzebub Suppose that by some magic he might escape the hands of those who sought to hold him. Even now do many fight against Jesus with spiritual weapons, to wit, with diverse and shifting dogmas concerning God. It deserves inquiry why, when he was known by face to all who dwelt in Judea, he should have given them a sign, as though they were unacquainted with his person. But our tradition to this effect has come down to us that not only had he two different forms, one under which he appeared to men, the other into which he was transfigured before his disciples in the mount, but also that he appeared to each man in such degree as the beholder was worthy, in like manner as we read of the manna, that it had a flavor adopted to every variety of use. And as the word of God shows not alike to all, they required, therefore, a sign by reason of this his transfiguration. Chrysostom. Or because whenever they had hereto attempted to seize him, he had escaped them, they knew not how. As also he might then have done, had he been so minded. Rabanus. The Lord suffered the traitor's kiss, not to teach us to dissemble, but that he might not seem to shrink from his betrayal. Origen. If it be asked why Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, according to some, it was because he desired to keep up the reverence due to his master and did not dare to make an open assault upon him. According to others, it was out of fear that if he came as an avowed enemy, he might be the cause of his escape, which he believed Jesus had it in his power to effect. But I think that all betrayers of truth love to assume the guise of truth, and to use the sign of a kiss. Like Judas also, all heretics called Jesus rabbi, and received from him mild answer. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? He says friend, upbraiding his hypocrisy, for in scripture we never find the term of address used to any of the good, but as above, Friend, how camest thou in thither? And friend, I do thee no wrong. Augustine, He says, Wherefore art thou come? As much as to say, Thy kiss is a snare for me. I know wherefore thou art come. Thou feignest thyself, my friend, being indeed my betrayer. Rigmigius, or after friend, for what thou art come, that do is understood. Then came they and laid their hands on Jesus and held him. Then, that is, when he suffered them, for oft-times they would have done it, but were not able. Pseudo-Augustine, Exalt, Christian, you have gained by this bargain of your enemies what Judas sold, and what the Jews bought belongs to you. Verses 51-54 And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, and struck the servant of the high priest, and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the Scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? Chrysostom. So Luke relates... The Lord had said to his disciples at supper, He that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his script. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. And the disciples answered, Lo, here are two swords. It was natural that there should be swords there for the paschal lamb, which they had been eating. Hearing then that the pursuers were coming to apprehend Christ, when they went from supper they took these swords, as though to fight in defense of their master against his pursuers, to Rome. In another gospel, Peter is represented as having done this, and with his usual hasteness, and that the servant's name was Malchus, and that the ear was the right ear. In passing, we may say that Malchus, i.e., one who should have been king of the Jews, was made the slave of the ungodliness and greediness of the priests, and lost his right ear, so that he might hear only the worthlessness of the letter in his left. Origin, For though they seem even now to hear the law, yet it is only with the left ear that they hear the shadow of a tradition concerning the law, and not the truth. The people of the Gentiles is signified by Peter, for by believing in Christ they become the cause of cutting off the Jews' right ear. Rabanus. Or Peter does not take away the sense of understanding from them that hear, but opens to the careless that which by a divine sentence was taken away from them. But this same right ear is restored to its original function, and those who cut out of this nation believed. Hilary, otherwise the ear of the high priest's servant is cut off by the apostle, that is, Christ's disciple cuts off the disobedient hearing of a people which were the slaves of the priesthood. The ear which had refused to hear is cut off, so that it is no longer capable of hearing. Leo, the Lord of the zealous apostle will not suffer his pious feeling to proceed further. Then saith Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For it was contrary to the sacrament of our redemption that he who had come to die for all Should refuse to be apprehended. He gives, therefore, license to their fury against him, lest by putting off the triumph of his glorious cross, the dominion of the devil should be made longer, and the captivity of men more enduring. Rabbanus, it behooved also that the author of grace should teach the faithful patience by his own example, and should rather train them to endure adversity with fortitude, than incite themselves to self defense. Persostom. To move the disciples to this, he adds a threat, saying, All they that take the sword shall perish by the sword. Augustine. That is, everyone who uses the sword, and he uses the sword who, without the command or sanction of any superior or legitimate authority, arms himself against man's life. For truly the Lord had given commandment to his disciples to take the sword, but not to smite with the sword, Was it then at all unbeseeming that Peter, after this sin, should become ruler of the church, as Moses, after smiting the Egyptian, was made ruler and chief of the synagogue? For both transgressed the rule not through hardened ferocity, but through a warmth of spirit capable of good, both through hatred of the injustice of others, both sinned through love, the one for his brother, the other for his lord, though a carnal love. Hillary, but all who use the sword do not perish by the sword. Of those who have used the sword, either judiciously or in self defense, against robbers, fever, or accident, carries off the greater part. Though if according to this every one who uses the sword shall perish by the sword, justly was the sword now drawn against those who were using the same for the promotion of crime. Jerome With what sword then shall he perish that takes the sword? By that fiery sword which waves before the gate of paradise, and that sword of the Spirit which is described in the armor of God. Hilary. The Lord then bids him return his sword into its sheath, because he would destroy them by no weapon of man, but by the sword of his mouth. Rigmigius. Otherwise, everyone who uses the sword to put man to death perishes first by the sword of his own wickedness chrysostom he not only soothed his disciples by this declaration of punishment against his enemies but convinced them that it was voluntarily that he suffered thinkest thou that i cannot pray to my father etc because he had shown many qualities of human infirmity he would have seemed to say what was incredible if he had said that he had power to destroy them Therefore, he says, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, Jerome, that is to say, I need not the aid of the apostles, though all the twelve should fight for me, seeing I could have twelve legions of the angelic army. The complement of a legion among the ancients was six thousand men. Twelve legions, then, are seventy-two thousand angels, being as many as the divisions of the human race and language. Origin. This shows that the armies of heaven have divisions into legions like earthly armies, in the warfare of the angels against the legions of the demons. This he said not as though he needed the aid of the angels, but speaking in accordance with the supposition of Peter, who sought to give him assistance. Truly, the angels have more need of the help of the only begotten Son of God than he of theirs. we might also understand by the angels, the Roman armies, for with Titus and Vespasian all languages had risen against Judea, and that was fulfilled, the whole world shall fight for him against those foolish men. Chrysostom, and he quiets their fears, not thus only, but by reference to scripture. How then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be, to Rome. This speech shows a mind willing to suffer. Vainly would the prophets have prophesied truly, unless the Lord asserts their truth by his suffering. Verses 55 through 58. In that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me but all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled then all the disciples forsook him and fled and they that laid hold on jesus led him away to caiaphas the high priest where the scribes and elders were assembled but peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end origen having commanded peter to put up his sword which was an instance of patience, and having, as another evangelist writes, healed the ear that was cut off, which was an instance of the greatest mercy and of divine power, it now follows, In that hour said Jesus to the multitudes, to the end that if they could not remember his past goodness, they might at least confess his present. Are ye come out as against a thief, with swords and staves for to take me? Rigmigius, as much as to say, robbers assault and study concealment. I have injured no one, but have healed many, and have ever taught in your synagogues. To Rome. It is folly then to seek with swords and staves him who offers himself to your hands, and with a traitor to hunt out, as though lurking under cover of night, one who daily teaches in the temple. Chrysostom, They did not lay hands on him in the temple because they feared the multitude. Therefore also the Lord went forth that he might give them place and opportunity to take him. This then he teaches them, that if he had not suffered them of his own free choice, they would never have had strength to take him. Then the evangelist assigns the reason why the Lord was willing to be taken, adding, All this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Jerome. They pierced my hands and my feet, and in another place he is led as a sheep to the slaughter, and by the iniquities of my people was he led to death. Rigmigius. For because all the prophets had foretold Christ's passion, he does not cite any particular place, but says generally that the prophecies of all the prophets were being fulfilled. Chrysostom. The disciples who had remained When the Lord was apprehended, fled when he spoke these things to the multitude, then all the disciples forsook him and fled, for they then understood that he could not escape, but rather gave himself up voluntarily. In this act is shown the apostles' frailty, in the first ardor of their faith they had promised to die with him, but in their fear they forgot their promise and fled. The same we may see in those who undertake to do great things for the love of God, but fail to fulfill what they undertake. They ought not to despair, but to rise again with the apostles and recover themselves by penitence. Rabanus. Mystically, as Peter, who by tears washed away the sin of his denial, figures the recovery of those who lapse in time of martyrdom, so the flight of the other disciples Suggest the precaution of flight to such as feel themselves unfit to endure torments. Augustine, they that had laid hold on Jesus, led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest. But he was first taken to Annas, father-in-law to Caiaphas, as John relates, and he was taken bound, there being with that multitude a tribune and cohort, as John also records. Jerome. But Josephus writes that this Caiaphas had purchased the priesthood of a single year, notwithstanding that Moses, at God's command, had directed that high priests should succeed hereditarily, and that in the priests likewise succession by birth should be followed up. No wonder then that an unrighteous high priest should judge unrighteously. Rabanus and the action suits his name caiaphas i e contriving or prolific to execute his villainy or vomiting from his mouth because of his audacity in uttering a lie and bringing about the murder they took jesus thither that they might do all advisedly as it follows where the scribes and the elders were assembled origin where caiaphas the high priest is there are assembled the scribes, that is, the men of the letter, who preside over the letter that killeth, the elders not in truth, but in the obsolete ancientness of the letter. It follows, Peter followed him afar off. He would neither keep close to him, nor altogether leave him, but followed afar off. Chrysostom, great was the zeal of Peter, who fled, not when he saw the others fly, but remained and entered in. For though John also went in, yet he was known to the chief priest. He followed afar off, because he was about to deny his lord. Rigmigius. For had he kept close to his lord's side, he could never have denied him. This also shows that Peter should follow his lord's passion, that is, imitate it. Augustine. And also that the church should follow, i.e. imitate the lord's passion, but with great difference. For the church suffers for itself, but Christ for the church, Jerome. He went in, either out of attachment of a disciple, or natural curiosity, seeking to know what sentence the high priest would pass, whether death or scourging. End of chapter 26, verses 45 through 58.